culture, specifically organizational culture, it's part cliche, part elusive whale, and part obsession. We all work, or have worked in my case, within schools or educational organizations which have a culture. And we all know how powerfully that culture influences what happens within the school, influences our own work. The cliche, culture is the key to a great school. The elusive whale, what is school culture? And the obsession, how can we create a culture of learning? Today, I'll unpack for you the secrets of school culture. And I guarantee after you listen to this show, you will have a clearer understanding of what school culture is, why it is so powerful, and best of all, how you can build a better school culture. It isn't easy, but it is, I promise you, simple. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Frederick Buskey. We are all on a leadership journey. Every day, we have a chance to grow. Every day, we have a chance to help others grow. My goal and the goal of this podcast is to help you grow into being a strategic leader, a leader who puts people before purpose, who solves problems instead of treating symptoms, and who understands the difference between progress and action. Through this podcast, my daily email, and virtual programs, I'm working to build a network of inspired and inspiring school leaders. Let's get started on today's adventure and this unique opportunity to learn to live and lead better. I'll begin my discussion of the six dimensions with a disclaimer. The six dimensions is a conceptual framework meant to help us understand what an organization is and how it functions. It is a vast oversimplification of what happens in the real world. But if you go to the research and you look at the frameworks or most of the frameworks that exist around organizations, they're super complicated. And so here's the trade-off. The more complex a conceptual framework is, the more accurate it's going to be. But in my experience, the harder it is to use. So what I try to present to you is a really simplified version of what an organization is and how it works. That simplicity allows you to actually use it, right? To take the knowledge, to take the understand and apply it and make it something meaningful. The caveat is that in creating something and distilling it down into the simple elements, it is by necessity less accurate than a more complicated model. So this isn't gonna hold up all the time in every situation, but it's going to be simple enough as to be usable and meaningful for most of the work that you want to do. So let's begin. The six dimensions have obviously six dimensions. There are four primary dimensions that make up the actual organization. You can think about the four primary dimensions of the six as being the different points or corners on a three-sided pyramid. So at the top of the pyramid, that top point is people. 
there are four primary things we need to take in consideration when we think about pe people, their knowledge and skills, their dispositions, which are their outlooks and the way they perceive the things around them and their health. And that is both the social, mental, physical health that they bring to work each day. So the top of that pyramid is people. And then along the bottom of the pyramid, the three points that rest on the ground, we have purpose, structures, and resources. Purpose can get really confusing because although our organizations usually have some official purpose, like in schools, it's probably something related to growing lifelong learners who have agency in their lives. There also are unofficial purposes like raise test scores, look good to the public. Both the official and unofficial purposes can be stated or unstated. So in some cases, everybody knows what they are. Like we all know test scores is kind of part of the reality these days, but in other places they can be unstated. And so that only certain groups of people maybe understand that this is part of the organization. An example of an unstated purpose would be maybe the assumption that the physical education program in the high school is just meant to serve as kind of adult playground time or high school playground time and that there's nothing really meaningful that happens there. That's probably not something that would be shared out with the entire school community, but there would be a subset of the school community, probably the PE teachers and, and maybe the, the school leaders that would have that understanding. I'm not saying that's a good understanding. I'm just saying that's an example of an unstated purpose. Purposes also can be shared, like the shared values that we have in the system, or they can be individual. So when we're talking about student achievement, that's probably largely a shared purpose, but what about those of individuals? Maybe I'm a brand new assistant principal and someday I want to become a principal. And so part of my purpose as I go about my work each day is to position myself to be able to be a principal, to learn the things that I think principals need to know, but also to help others, district leaders who may be hiring principals, I want them to see me as a future principal. So yes, I'm working on the larger school purpose, but I also have the own thing, my own things going on in my life. And we can assume that every individual in the school has their own purposes. And that doesn't mean that they conflict with the purpose in the school. It just means that there's this added layer and added dimension. And honestly, sometimes our individual purposes are at odds with what we're trying to do in the school. So yes, purpose gets really messy. And one of the challenges for people working within an organization is understanding clearly which of all of these purposes are they supposed to be focusing their work on or working towards. Then we move to structures and structures exist in three forms. The obvious one is physical. So the way our building is laid out. If we're in central office, the way our offices are laid out. In my classroom, do I have desks or do I have tables? Are those in rows? The other structures then are legible structures. And these are things that, written, that are written down. So a lot of that has to do with law and policy. 
we have set structures of how we do teacher observation. We have structures around how many minutes a day kids need to be in session. We also create some of those structures ourselves, certainly through board policy, but then also locally, when we write a school schedule, when we determine how long those classes will be, how they're organized, what classes follow which, what teachers are assigned to what classes, those are all ways of structuring the day and structuring what we do. They're legible because they're written down. And then there are finally the intangible structures that we have. And these are the things that aren't written down, but are things that we do in our organization that bring structure to things and that communicate messages. So the things that we celebrate, the habits that we have, the expectations that we communicate to people, the things that we celebrate, the things we disapprove of, if they're not written down, then they're intangible. But those intangible things can have a really big impact on how people experience the school. And next there's resources. Resources come in two basic forms, dynamic and static. Dynamic resources are money and stuff. And both of those things can change over time. Our budgets can shrink or can grow. We can buy more stuff. We can get rid of stuff. The kind of stuff that we're using changes over time. So that idea of change is dynamic. And then we have static resources. The amount of static resources we have don't grow. They're set. And the two primary static resources are people's time and people's attention. We cannot increase time. We cannot increase attention. We all have a certain amount of that and we can't make it bigger no matter how hard we try. So we have these four primary dimensions, people, purpose, structures, and resources. And that gets us then to the fifth dimension. The fifth dimension is the result of how these four primary dimensions interact. So purpose, people, resources, structures, they all push on each other. They can all make the work that people do be easier or they can make it harder. The degree to which the purpose, the structures, and the resources are aligned with the work that we're asking people to do is the fifth dimension. And I call that dimension internal forces or culture. So the big thing to understand here is that culture is largely a function of the alignment or misalignment of the organization. When you hear people talk about a negative culture, you're probably hearing things like chaos, disorganized, frustration, and people will talk about how hard it is to just focus on teaching, right? I just want to teach. And there are all these things that are getting in the way of my teaching. What they're saying is they're working in an organization that is misaligned, where they don't have the resources to do what they want to do. The structures make it harder to do the things they want to do. And maybe there's a lack of clarity of purpose. I bring an assumption to this that teachers know why they're in a school. They are generally very committed to the idea of growing students, of helping students to become powerful young human beings. They inherently have that in them. And 
when their desire to do that, to help students become powerful human beings, when they run into roadblocks, that is a result of the structures, the resources, or the lack of clarity of purpose that are getting in the way and making it difficult for them. In contrast, when you have an aligned culture, you have a situation where there's clarity of purpose and that purpose is clearly focused on growing students, on improving students' lives. You have structures that actually make it easier for teachers to do their work. So the professional development is teacher-driven and it can be highly meaningful. Teachers have time and space to collaborate. When students are struggling and need extra resources, those resources can be brought to bear so that students are being successful. And teachers work in an environment where their own growth and their own learning is consistently supported. Now, the sixth dimension is the dimension of external forces. And those are things that are largely beyond our control. So when COVID-19 happened, that was an external force. And the thing about external forces is they can put a lot of pressure on what we have in place. They press on our purpose. They stress people out by asking people to do things that they may not have the knowledge and skills to do. They change our structures and the shape of things. And then they also impact how we allocate resources, right? And COVID-19 was a great example of that. We go from being focused on student achievement to being focused on student safety. We move from classrooms to video settings. Our resources have to be refunneled to PPE and all the other stuff. And then we're asking teachers to teach in ways that they really have not been prepared for, aren't trained for. And so we can see how external forces can play a really big role in creating misalignment within the school that then translates into that negative culture. So here's what's really cool about this. When we think about the idea of alignment and misalignment, then we know that there really is only ever one problem. If something's not going right, the problem is it's not aligned. And so the job becomes in figuring out problems is to figure out where the misalignment is. And there really are only four sources of misalignment. So the first has to do with people. If people lack the knowledge, if they lack the skills for what we're asking them to do, if they have dispositions that aren't aligned with what we want them to do, or if their health is suffering, then all of those things can contribute to misalignment. On the other hand, if our purpose is unclear or conflicting, that also creates misalignments because people get confused and they don't know what they're actually supposed to be doing. When we look at structures, if our spaces, rules, expectations, if those things act as barriers, don't make it easier for people to do their work, that's misalignment. And finally, if we don't have enough stuff, if we don't have the right stuff, or we don't have enough money to support people in what they're doing, to support them in knowledge and skills, their dispositions and health, and if we have too much demand on time and attention, competing demands, then that creates misalignment. So if you're wanting to look at your school culture, you want to first look at ways to increase alignment, right? By bringing clarity to purpose, by making sure that your structures actually make it easier for people to do the work, 
and that your resources are allocated in a way that helps people do the work. And then finally, that core piece, right? Making sure that people have that knowledge, they have the skills that they need, they have healthy dispositions, and they have healthy selves in both those emotional and physical realms. Now, the other real cool piece of this that I like is that this model helps to clarify the work of leadership. And really part of a big part of leadership is using change processes to bring about organizational alignment. So if you've followed me for very long, you've probably heard me use two words a lot, and that is support and grow. And what I said, the primary job of leadership is to support and grow teachers. And that support and grow means two very specific things. When I talk about grow, growing teachers, I'm talking about those four pieces that are specific to people, growing their knowledge, growing their skills, growing their dispositions, and growing their health. So that's what growing teachers means. The other term I use is support. Supporting teachers means that we're going to work to align the purpose, the structures, and the resources to the work that we're asking people to do. So we support people by aligning the organization and we grow people by working on their knowledge, skills, dispositions, and health. Let's kind of recap this because I promised you something simple. We can think of the organization as having four primary dimensions, the people, the work that people do, the purpose, which can be stated, unstated, official or unofficial, the structures, which involve both the physical, but also the written structures, as well as all those little intangible things that we do. And then the resources, which have the dynamic and the static parts. And that the interaction, the degree of alignment between all of those four pieces is what constitutes internal forces, or in other words, culture. So that's the simplified straight ahead version. Let's dig into an example. So what's the big takeaway today? If you want to improve your culture, support and grow your teachers. For example, stop telling them how to get better. Change the culture by revamping your teacher evaluation and professional development systems. Facilitate discussions in which teachers identify their pain points and they tell you about their goals for creating a stronger classroom. And a change like this hits every aspect of your organization. Changes the purpose of leadership from controlling to serving. It changes the structures around the evaluation process from compliance to critical. It changes the structure of observation and post-conferencing, and it reallocates resources as we focus on meaningful coaching and professional development. Now, don't get mad at me. I'm not saying your current purpose, structures, resources, and teacher improvement strategies are a dumpster fire. I'm not saying that. I know how hard you work and how much thought you put into helping your teachers grow. But what I'm saying is this. If you're telling your teachers where they need to grow instead of helping them address pain points that they want to treat, there's friction. If your evaluation system is not part of a long-term systemic approach to helping teachers improve their craft, then the evaluation system is creating friction. If teachers are required to attend professional development that they don't see as relevant at the cost of attending to PD they want to do, 
then that PD is creating friction. And all that friction leads to an increase in negative school culture. I know there are many things in your school that you do not control and the evaluation system is probably one of them. However, there are things you could do. You could ask teachers, if you get students to do one thing differently, what would it be? And then help them to define what would that look like and what would that sound like if these students were doing these different things. And could we then, in our formal observations, make sure that we were capturing some of the data related to that thing that teachers wanted their students to do differently? And could we, in our formal post-observation conference, map a plan for how we can help the teacher create the change? Could we follow up consistently then in our future observations and in our PLCs? Now, you can hear me unpack that question about students doing one thing differently with second year assistant principal Alex Ariema in episode 177 from last week. So now you know what school culture is, you know what makes it worse, and you know what can make it better. So what are your next steps? What do you do with this new understanding? Here are two simple things you could be doing today. Start asking teachers that question. If you could get your students to do one thing differently, what would it be? Listen, listen to the patterns, listen to what they say, and then help them figure out what that looks like, what that sounds like, and then what they can do to help bring about those changes. Secondly, do more five-minute coaching. Ask those three questions. What went well in class today? Were there any surprises? Is there anything you would do differently? By asking those questions, you're reinforcing that the purpose of school is educating kids and that your purpose as a leader is supporting and growing your teachers. You're creating an informal structure that supports teacher growth and you're dedicating your most valuable resources, your static resources of time and attention, even for five minutes, you are dedicating those to your teachers and you're saying, I'm here to support you. We are going to give you the resources that you need to grow and to get better. Okay, honestly, I'd love to dig into this more. We're just scratching the surface and there's so much that we can build on with the Six Dimensions framework, but I recognize it's time to wrap this up. If you haven't gotten enough of the six dimensions, I'll also be doing five for Fridays podcast on this specifically taking an example and then breaking that example down and explaining how that impacts school culture. So if you want some more of this, make sure that you tune into Friday's episode. As we conclude, I'd like you to consider doing one of these two things for me. First, if you have questions or disagreements about what I've talked about, share them with me. I'd love to dig into this more deeply and do it in a way that really serves you. I want to help decrease the friction of your experience, not increase them. So if you have questions or anything struck you as out of whack, please let me know. Secondly, share with me some of the things your teachers tell you about what they want their students to do better. You heard me unpack that question in one example in episode 177 with Alex Ariema just last week, but it was buried in the show and 
you may not have actually jumped out at you. I would love to take multiple answers to this question and just unpack them in a podcast. I think that would be really beneficial. I do this podcast because I want to improve your life and leadership, and I can do that better when I hear from you. So please consider emailing me at frederick at frederickbuskey.com. I'd like to begin having coaching calls with people that we can then convert into podcasts. So we can talk about real issues and real schools with real individuals and then break those down and share them out with the community to help all of us grow and learn from each other. So if you have something that you'd like to talk with me about, if you're willing to do a live virtual coaching session, then again, email me at frederick at frederickbuskey and we can set something up. Please remember to subscribe and rate this podcast. Rating the show helps others find it. And if you want to be a super fan, consider leaving a review. Again, you'll be helping other people find the show and you'll probably be making me smile. Okay, I'm Frederick Buskey and thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Cheers. Mm-hmm.